What's wrong, Callie Mae? You look a bit fed up. What's the matter? I'm in big trouble. Oh, dear. What have you done this time? It's not so much what I've done. It's more like what I didn't do. Okay. So what didn't you do? I didn't make my mama Mother's Day card. And why not? Did you forget? Who are you? I'm Melvin, your second cousin. Price removed. Hey, Melvin. Hey, good to meet you, Melvin. She never talks about you. No one talks about Melvin. <laughs> well, anyway, no, I didn't remember, all right. I'm a girl of principles, you see. I say, if there's no kids' day, then there shouldn't be a mama's day or papa's day. Oh, dear. I bet that went over well with your mother and father. Dad explained a Mother's Day card is a nice way of thanking our mamas for all the things they do for us. Sure well, is. Are you going to do something nice for your mama? Well, I said to Dad, but Mama's a housewife that only works part-time at the office. So what does she really do for us? You didn't. Did you say yep. with her in the same room? Yep. Wow, you're very brave. <laughs> then what happened? Well, after we pulled Mama off the ceiling, I watched her change color while Dad tried to cool her down. Yeah. Woo! I'm not surprised. I told Dad that Mama's always getting me to make a bed and clean my room and other jobs, too. Well, we all have to do that. But I slave away at school all day, and I'm tired when I get home. Whereas Mama only does three hours a day at the office. And I suppose you think she spends the rest of the day with her feet up drinking coffee? <laughs> my point exactly. But Kevin May... God says to honor your father and mother. Besides, in our house, we all have to help with the chores. Otherwise, we don't get no allowance. Don't you think that's fair? Um, anyways, do you want to know what happened next? Sure do. Yep. So what happened? For some strange reason, my mama decided to go on a strike. And I bet you couldn't think why. <laughs> nope. I couldn't possibly imagine why. Me neither. Dad gave her some money and suggested that Mama should go out for the day and treat herself like a queen. And then gave me this big, long list of jobs to do. <laughs> wow. Washing dishes, vacuuming, yep. polishing, dusting, peeling taters, making cake, going shopping. <sighs> Sorry, Melvin. I just can't hold this list up any longer. My arms are still aching from shopping. I didn't know how heavy them bags could get. You also said to make lunch. What did you make? Um, a mess. Oh, I thought I'd make beans on toast with homemade jelly. Mmm, sounds, sounds good. Sounds enough. So what happened next? Well, how was I supposed to know that baked beans can't explode in the microwave? Y'all know I got issues with the microwave. I never thought to put a lid on the dish. Oh, man. Still, the toast had to turn out all right, didn't it? The toast ended up like charcoal. I didn't even turn it over in time. Oh, I've only got one pair of hands, you know. 
I bet your homemade jelly came out good. Not really. The jelly I made took ages to set. I was so hungry by then, I just drank it all up. God, I hope it doesn't set up in your tummy. <laughs> oh, no. I better drink a hot cup of tea to mount it. Wait, I was wait, just wait. joking. Did you want to go out and play outside for a little bit? Dad said I can't go out and play until I've done all these jobs. And I suppose you'll have to add cleaning the bean to the list too, huh? That will take a hammer and a chisel, I reckon, to clean all that mess. Well, we can all go play outside after you finish your jobs on the list, right? <sighs> sorry, sorry, Eddie. I think I'm going to be too tired after doing all of this. I bet. It's no wonder looking at that list why our moms get tired. I just realized how much they do for us. Mm -hmm. You know what? Today, I've realized just how much I've taken Mama for granted. Now I know what she does all day. Hey, should we go get our mom some flowers? Yes, and the biggest. Thank you card that we can find. Come on. Sounds like the best yep, Mother's Day gift good. ever. All right. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Bye-bye, Happy everybody. Mother's Day, Mother's Day. Happy Bye. Bye. See y'all later. Well, they always tell us the truth, don't they? Good job. Good job. Well, look at someone nearby and say to them, Happy Mother's Day. Would you do that? And it doesn't matter if it's not your mother or even if they're not female. I've told several people this morning when they come in, Happy Mother's Day, and maybe it was a male. And they looked at me like I fell out of a tree. And I said, is it Mother's Day? And they said, yes. And I said, would you like to have a happy day? And they said, yes. I said, well, Happy Mother's Day. So it's for all of us, but we honor our mothers and we honor you all today. And our children are going out to their place of meeting. Uh, for Children's Church, and we're turning in our Bibles today to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. On the screen, you will see the title of the sermon today, When God Made Woman. Not necessarily today are we going to be specifying uh, mothers. Today we're, today we're honoring all women. How many women who are here were given a, a, a small gift when you came in today? Did we get everybody? If you didn't, if you didn't, uh, get something, would you raise your hand so we know we didn't get them all? Anybody not get something when you came in? We have, a, we have two or three or four who didn't. Before you leave today, please see us in, out in the lobby and we'll make sure that, that you get something. Uh, we had something for all the mothers and you'll need that. If you'll hold on to it now, hold it in your lap. We're going to refer to that and kind of use that as an outline of sorts. For the sermon today, I will mention that um, five weeks from today, Lord willing, the sermon title will be "When God Made Man." So don't get miffed at Pastor Ron this morning for what I say concerning women. Give me give me five weeks, and I'll straighten it up when we get to the men. Okay? It'll be equal treatment for us all. No, I'm just joking. There, there's there's um, wonderful things in the Bible. I think that. Uh, are are just obvious to me that I want to share with you today. And so we're going to look at the word together. When God made woman. Now, most of us know, 
and understand that God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? Do you believe that? Uh, you know, there's, there's people who don't. There's people who go to church who don't. Uh, but in this church, we believe the Bible. Amen? And the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth and God created the, the uh, mountains and the seas and God created the birds and the bees and God created man and woman. We believe all that the Bible says about that. So today we're not trying to convince you of anything uh, along the lines of creation because you're in a place today where we accept the Bible and the Bible says that God did it. God created. God made. And so we accept that today in this church. But we're going to be uh, specifically looking at the topic of uh, how God made woman and what that means and what does that imply and um, exactly what happened in that same general period of time and draw some uh, lessons from that today. So when God made um, woman, it was a it was a very unique kind of thing. Adam had already been created. Now I've got a couple people who are going to help me today. Uh, so Elvis, would you come on up here and stand with me? Maybe just right over in here somewhere. And, um, this gentleman, his name is Elvis, but today he's Adam. Okay. And just stand right here. And the Bible says that God created, uh, and made Adam. He formed him from the dust of the earth and he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. And God created man. The first man, Adam represented by Elvis here. And the Bible tells us there came a time when God brought all the animals in front of Adam for Adam to name them. And he gave names to all the animals that had been created. I mean, there was lots of them and, and, and Adam had his hands full. That's quite a job if you'll think about it. But the Bible says that Adam gave names to all the animals. But as all the animals paraded by him, there was not found any of them that Adam felt compatible with. In other words, they came by male and female, uh, and I can just imagine here perhaps the, the gorilla came by, and, and Adam is waiting, you know, for, now when's my companion gonna come by? And so the gorilla might have come by, and, and Adam might have said, uh-uh. And a few minutes later, the orangutan, don't you just love orangutan? One of those came by and, and Adam looked at it and said, ain't no way. And, and after all the animals had paraded by, the Bible says that there was not any of them found as a helpmeet for him. There wasn't anything appropriate. There wasn't anything that came by that was compatible. And so the Bible says that God, uh, removed from Adam a rib and from that rib he created, made, or built a woman. Now, that's interesting to me because the first woman came from a man. If you believe that, say amen. But then all the other men ever since have come from a woman. Isn't that interesting? Uh, Every one. And so we can relate to that. We know how that process works. So finally, Adam ends up with a companion. So, Sherry, if you would come. Uh, he did tell me you agreed to this. Is that right? Okay. Oh, <laughs> come, come right. Get, 
and so along comes Eve. Now, when Adam saw Eve, he probably said something like, ooh, la, la, or thank you, Jesus, or something. I don't know what he said, but, but it was, it was a wonderful thing when Adam saw his companion, his mate, the one that was made for him. It was a blessing from the Lord. Amen. I mean, let's face it, compared to the gorilla and the orangutan, Eve looked really good. I'm going to tell you something. Eve looked really good anyway. I can, I can, like the song, I can only imagine, I can only imagine what Eve must have looked like. Can you, just think about that. Now the Bible says that, that God took from Adam this rib and from it he made or he built a woman and that he gave her to Adam. So here's Adam and Eve represented here for us. And um, it's just early after creation and, and Eve has just come on the scene and don't they make a lovely couple? Don't they look so happy together? They're both smiling. Y'all didn't even fight on the way to church this morning, did you? Oh, 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 oh. you didn't have to say that shit. <laughs> okay. But, but you know, Adam and Eve, they got along well, didn't they? Don't you believe that? I mean, Adam was so thankful. Adam was so excited and so appreciative of this, this help me, this companion that God had created for them. Now remember, the Bible says that God created all this and it was all good. Everything was perfect. Everything functioned like it was designed to by God. And Adam and Eve got together wonderfully. And I could just imagine life must have, if there's such a thing as heaven on earth, that would have been it, wouldn't it? Adam and Eve in the garden, both without sin, and everything was just perfect. Boy, you talk about an absolute perfect marriage and a great setup. That was it, right? Everything was worked beautifully there. And so then the Bible tells us when we get to chapter 3 that something happened. It just dawned on me. I should have chosen a serpent. I won't ask you to volunteer to be a serpent. Nobody, okay? But then the serpent enters in this picture. Am I right? And he come o- he comes over and... And, and maybe Eve is over here. Adam's working in the garden right here really hard. And, and maybe Eve's over here. She's, uh, admiring the flowers and all the beauty of the garden. And the serpent comes over and he begins to whisper to her. Did God really say that you can't eat of some of these trees? And he began to, to put things in her mind and make her question what God had said and what, what God had ordained. And so Eve began to think about that, and you know what happened. Satan began to tempt her and to try to get her to eat of the fruit. So one day, the Bible says that finally Eve gave in. Am I right? Am I telling the story right? And she reached out and she took that fruit and she tasted it. And you know what she did after she tasted it? She came back over here to Adam, and the Bible says she gave to him, and he ate also. I wish I had you all up on the platform so I could represent the fall by having you jump down. (laughs) You all know what the fall was, right? I mean, all the perfection, all the beauty, all the peace, everything that was so perfect about the way God set them up. When they, when they disobeyed God and they ate of the fruit, do you know that all of that went right out the window and things changed? Now, I'm going to just stand there, if you don't mind, for just a few minutes there, because I want to read some scripture. Um, in, in chapter 1, the Bible says, 
excuse me, in chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the Bible says in verse 25, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And then chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And then the Bible goes on in chapter 3 and explains it just like I've already illustrated it here. Eve gave in, was tempted, deceived, and partook of that fruit. And then she took it back to Adam, who should have said no. Adam, you should have said no. (laughs) And then he partook. Both of them were guilty. Now, what happens then? The Lord says, as they're walking through the garden in the cool of the day one day, and and they had recognized after they committed sin that they were guilty. They recognized something had changed. As a matter of fact, they recognized they were naked and they were shamed, and they made uh, they covered themselves with with leaves. And walking in the garden in the cool of the day, the Lord spoke to them and said, "And I'm paraphrasing here, okay? Well, what's what's going on with you guys? And well, we we heard you walking." We heard you coming and we hid because we're afraid. Why were you afraid, the Lord says? Well, because we were naked. How did you know you were naked? Well, we ate of the fruit that you told us not to eat of. Now, when the Lord began to question them about this, looked at Adam and said, Adam, what have you done? Well, the first thing Adam says is what? The woman you gave me. Now, how many of you men who are married have ever looked at your wife and said, you did this? Did it go over well? It didn't go over well at all, did it? Because anytime you point your finger at your wife and say, you did this, it's your fault. Well, they're not going to be happy. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So there was, there was problems in paradise now, right? Because Adam looks at Eve and says, she's the one. And then when the Lord said to, to Eve, well, what about this Eve? She said, well, the serpent is his fault. The serpent came to me and I ate. And they each start to cast blame somewhere else. That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? And so the next thing you know, the Lord is assigning blame. And when he assigns blame or or penalty or consequences for what has happened, he gives a little bit of blame to everybody. He looks at Adam and he tells him that he's been disobedient. You can read what he said to Adam. You can read what the Lord said to Eve. And you can read what the Lord said to the serpent. You can read all that in chapter 3. I'll let you do that later. But here's the point. All of them were in the wrong. And everything that was so perfect and so right. I mean, you talk about the honeymoon of honeymoons. The first one, 
where there was perfection. The Garden of Eden. A beautiful man, a handsome man, a beautiful woman. God puts them together. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's, there's nothing negative at all that you can say about anything until they reached out and disobeyed God. And boy, did that thing that we call the fall, it took place. Not only did that affect Adam and Eve, but that affected me. And that affected you. Right? Every man, every woman, boy, girl, babies, everybody has been affected. Because in chapter 3, the Bible says that Adam looked at his wife and called her Eve because she was the mother of all living. All of, all of us descended ultimately from Eve and Adam. Adam recognized her importance, her prominent place, named her Eve. But then the fall took place. And oh, how it has devastated and complicated our lives. Am I right? In over, thank you, I think that'll do it. If I need you back, I'll call you, okay? Give them a hand, would you? After, after over 35 years now of pastoral ministry, I'm just reflecting this past week. I think about the scores, the dozens, the scores, the, I couldn't tell you how many couples in that amount of time that I've spent long hours with who were having marital conflict and difficulties. And none of them had ever experienced anything like Adam and Eve experienced in the garden when everything was perfect. They all have experienced the other side where there's difficulties and problems. All of us know, I think, that there are challenges in marriage. Amen? We know that. We know that uh, women are not perfect. We know that men are not perfect. We know that we have our challenges. We have our idiosyncrasies. We have our quirks. Don't you say amen, man. You're going to get in trouble if you do. Uh, we, we, we understand that. We, and we are fallen creatures. Am I right? We'll come back to that in just a minute, the fact that we are fallen creatures. But what I want us to understand is that God did make woman. We've talked about that. We've kind of set that up. Now, I want us to understand, and you'll see these things that you're going to see on the screen. Ladies, you will see these same sayings on the things that you have been given as you came in today. They kind of serve as an outline for where we're going over the next very few moments. One place on that card will tell you that women are a blessing from above. Can we not understand, as we illustrated here, that God took from Adam's side a rib and made this woman, and it was a, it was unbelievable blessing for him, was it not? To have a companion, to have a helper. Eve was his cheerleader. Eve was his helper, his supporter, his companion, his partner, his mate. Eve was everything he needed, really. That's who Eve was. The next one says, women are a reflection of God's love. Eve was, we could, she didn't literally come down from heaven, but in the larger context of what we're looking at in scripture, Eve indeed was a reflection of God's love. She was heaven sent, if you will, in quotes there. She was such a blessing in Adam's life. 
But then something happened. Chapter 3 happened. The sin happened. The fall happened. And I'd like for us to just consider for just a moment how drastically that changed everything. Adam and Eve both created righteous and holy and perfect in the sight of God. It couldn't have been any better. The Lord said it was good. Everything was just perfect. Man, God set them up. God set them up in perfection. The best place to live, the most beauty, with all the advantages of innocence and guiltlessness and holiness and righteousness and everything was just right. You couldn't put your finger on anything in their lives until that sin, that deception, that sin, that rebellion against God, that disobedience, till that took place. And that opened up, as you've heard the phrase Pandora's box, boy, did things begin to plummet and fall. All kinds of problems, as a matter of fact, just about all of our problems today result from that very thing. If you'll notice what God said to the woman after the fall, it's in verse 16 of chapter 3. Genesis 3.16, to the woman, God said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now, as we look at that passage, it's really so full of so much information there. We're familiar very well, I think, with the part about the sorrow and the pain and conception and childbirth and so forth. But that, that latter phrase there is so meaningful that I want to, I want to kind of focus on that for just a few moments. Your desire shall be for your husband. And he shall rule over you. And I looked at practically every version, translation of the Bible I could find. And there were dozens of them actually. And that that word, that phrase is consistent in just about every version. And he shall rule over you. As a punishment. As a consequence of the sin that took place. Part of it was pain and sorrow in childbirth and conception. But the other part was that she was going to want to control her husband, try to make her husband do things, do it her way, and he was going to resist that, and he was going to rule over her. Now, you know as well as I do, that is the problem in the majority of the marriages, the 50% where divorce takes place, as the statistics show us, that's, that's the root of the problem, isn't it? The wife wants one way, the husband doesn't want it that way, and there's conflict there because of that. Now, how do you handle that? Well, I'm here to tell you today that God has the answer for that. The Bible tells us, as we look at the scripture, that not only are women a blessing from above, that is true, women are a reflection of God's love, and that was true, but because of chapter 3 and the sin that occurred there, <clears throat> excuse me, let me, let me just take a side road here for just a moment. How many are you, how many of you are familiar with the historical terminology of, uh, BC and AD? You've heard that, right? BC is before Christ. AD is Anno Domini. It's a Latin phrase in the year of our Lord, but we've, most of us have grown up thinking AD was and, and uh, let's just leave it that way for this morning, okay? B.C., A.D., before Christ and after death. 
Well, I'm going to give you another one. B, F, and A, F. Before the fall and after the fall. Before the fall, I showed you a picture of Adam and Eve or man and wife. Before the fall. It's a beautiful thing, wasn't it? After the fall, however, sometimes it's not such a beautiful thing, is it? Things can get nasty. Things can get bitter. Things can get miserable. Things can get horrible. All you have to do is go to a courthouse anywhere in the United States of America any day of the week and see that the courtrooms are filled with people who are having conflict in their marriages and all kinds of things going on. Am I right? So this is a real thing. This is a real problem. The difficulties that exist between a man and a woman... And so the Bible says the the next part, the the phrase that I want you to focus on now on your sheet or magnet or wherever it was, is blessed is the woman who walks with God. Wait a minute. Do you know when a woman walks with God, it changes things? Y'all believe that? When a woman walks with God, it changes things. Before the fall... Adam and Eve were right with God. After the fall, they were banned from the garden. They were separated from God. And here's some things that we need in our world today. And you'll agree with this. Listen, we need repentance. Listen, if I share this list with you and you agree with it, I want you to, I want you to tell me amen. I need to know that you're engaged enough that you're following me. In, in our world today, with our relationship with the Lord and how to get from a lost place to a found place... How to get from a guilty place to a forgiven place. We need repentance. Amen. We need redemption. Oh, that was weak. We need redemption. We need restoration. We need reconciliation. We need renewal. We need revival. We need righteousness. There are seven R's that tell us what we need if we're lost and undone without the Lord. We need all those things. We need to repent. We need redemption. That is, we need Jesus. We need restoration. We need to be brought back to the Lord. We need reconciliation where the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we're, we're enemies of God. But he brings, when we get born again, when we come to Christ, we're reconciled to God again. We are renewed. We are revived. We have now become righteous where we were guilty. In other words, and I had a college professor in Bible school that was teaching this one day, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. The fact that when you come to Christ and you're born again, and then he cleanses you from all sin, as the scripture says, and then he comes in and indwells your life, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, all which are taught by the New Testament, when that happens... In effect, in a practical sense, we are put back into the same condition that Adam were in before the fall. Now think about that. Adam, Adam and Eve now have gone and sat down. They've fallen. They weren't, they're not in that perfect state they were in. Because of sin, they fell. They needed a redeemer. They needed a savior. They needed to be reconciled to God. But when they were reconciled to God, when they were brought back to Him, 
when, when me, me, you and all of us as men and women, boys and girls, when we come to Christ, we experience repentance. We experience the Redeemer. We experience being revived. We experience being reconciled to God. We're born again. We're new creatures in Christ. In effect, that puts us right back in that place where we were. We're clean and righteous in the sight of God. I, we ought to get excited about being saved. I'm telling you. It gives us a, a brand new start. We, we even have eternal life. In so many ways, it kind of puts us back in the same place Adam and Eve were. Where we can now make the right choices and do the right things because of the power of Christ that dwells in us. And so, we have this saying on your, on your little wall, your refrigerator magnet or the, I should have pulled that stuff out and looked at it more. It's the, it's the little mirror that says women are a reflection of God's love. So somewhere on that magnet, you'll read those words, blessed is the woman who walks with God. You see, there's two classes of people in the world, folks. Those who don't know God and those who do. Those who walk with God and those who don't. And I'll promise you, if you're seeking for a wife or you're seeking for a husband, you'd rather have one that walks with God than one who doesn't. Amen? And when we have one that walks with God and does things the right way, it, they're, they're able to live up to these descriptions that we see here. Blessed is the woman who walks with God. How many can say amen to that? And then the next one says, Christian women make a difference. Well, no, no, the next one was, did we talk about women or a reflection of God's love? They are, you know. He created them, they're right, and, and, uh, what a blessing it is to be a Christian and reflect the love of God. Women are a blessing from above. Women are a reflection of God's love. Blessed is the woman who walks with God. Listen, a woman, listen to this very carefully. A woman who walks with God is faithful and loving and kind and caring and acts responsibly. Amen? A woman who does not walk with God is likely going to be unfaithful, unloving, unkind, uncaring, and acts irresponsibly. That's just the way it is. So we, we certainly can appreciate and be thankful for women who walk with God. The next one is Christian women make a difference. Did you know as a, as a female, a woman, made by God, who serves God, did you know you make a difference in this world? You may think you're not important. You may think you don't make a difference. Listen, the Bible says in marriage, in marriage, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Now think about that. A wife, a godly wife, can live in such a way that even if her husband is an unbeliever, his conduct and his be- uh, her conduct and her behavior can get his attention and cause him to want to be a believer too. That's what the Bible says. Now, incidentally, it works the other way as well. A man can be so faithful and so godly that his conduct will influence, influence his unbelieving wife to follow Christ and come as well. You see, it is a wonderful thing. Christian women can make a difference. Christian women have influence in marriage Unbelieving husbands can be sanctified and brought to Christ by the behavior of their wives. As mothers teaching and modeling biblical principles to their children, Christian women can make a difference. Amen? 
This world needs more Christian women. We need more godly women. We need more committed women. And when when women follow Christ to that degree, the way that God wants us to, they're going to make a difference to their husbands and to their children. We Listen, if there's ever been a day we need models, and I don't mean Christy Brinkley models, I mean good examples. If there's ever been a day we need women models, examples, women who will live right and set the example, women who will do right, if there's ever been a day we need that, it's right now. We're raising generations of kids who've never had a godly example in their lives. And they need that desperately. Listen, and our society is beginning to show this. That they haven't had this example. They haven't had this teaching. They haven't had this um, model to follow and to live after. So, the last one here on the screen, I think, or next to last, is godly women are a treasure beyond measure. Listen, we have in this church today many godly women. We celebrate you today. We thank God for you today. That, that's why I, I don't want to limit my remarks today to being a mother. I want to broaden that and include all the women who live godly and love Jesus Christ and are committed to Him. Who are faithful to their husbands and who will be a good example to their children. We salute you. We celebrate you. We thank God for you. This world needs mothers like you. Sure, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But then we come back to the Redeemer. We come back to the Savior. And He makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. And we can live godly and do what's right and raise our kids in a godly way. And we have mothers who are doing that. So Christian women make a difference. And godly women are a treasure beyond measure. And you see that on some of your your things there as well. Can you imagine a world without godly women? I don't even want to imagine a world without godly women. Listen, if the only examples we had in our world today are Stormy Daniels and the ones who are in the news front, we're, we're in a sorry mess if that's our examples. But I'm going to tell you, right here in this church, This pastor recognizes, and all of us recognize, we have some godly women who love God, who are faithful to Him, who are committed to His Word, who live right, who are good examples, who teach their children right, who set a good example for their families. And today, I want you to know that we celebrate you. Yes, I'm going to read all of those again, just so we'll know that God made women, and women are a blessing from above. Women are a reflection of God's love. Blessed is the woman who walks with God. Christian women make a difference. Godly women are a treasure beyond measure. And God bless this world with special women just like you. And thank God for it. Can you say amen, men? Amen. Amen. I'm going to, at this time... And these these folks don't have a clue what's getting ready to happen. But I'm going to ask um, Nelda to come and join me here and stand beside me. Nelda, do you mind standing beside me? Nelda's coming. And Brian, why don't you come ahead and stand on, on the other side of me if you don't mind?
most of you who are here, um, you know Nelda, and most of you know Brian. Do you know me, Nelda? Okay. Um, I'm going to share briefly about Brian's story for those of you who may not know him. With his permission. He does know what's going on. Nelda doesn't. Um, several years ago, uh, Brian began attending our church. And some of you remember him from several years ago. But like most of us, Brian had some things in his past that he wasn't proud of. And those things eventually caused him to have to spend some time in prison. It's been, what, two months now? Brian has been out now for two months. Uh, while he was in prison, when I picked him up the day that he got out, one of the first things he shared with me is what I'm about to share with you. He had told me about it before when I would visit, but um, he began to share with me. And he showed me this book. Brian spent three years in prison. And he showed me this what he had done every week while Brian was in prison Nelda Rose would take a bulletin or something else and and communicate with Brian in prison send him a card send him a bulletin from our church tell him that um, he was going to make it and I just want to share with you some of the things that she wrote as, as Brian would get these things in the mail, he tells me this, this meant more to him than you can ever imagine. He saved every piece of mail. He didn't have um, access. You know, they don't give you goodies in prison. And he didn't have access to um, Scott's tape. So he would take postage stamps to somebody there in the prison and trade postage stamps to get enough scotch tape to put this book together with all these letters and these encouraging words that came every single week while he was in prison. He's told me how it made his day. He looked so forward to the day when he knew the mail was coming and he would get some of these things. And I just want you to listen, if you would, I'm going to read some of these for over a period of three years. Brian, this is true for everyone. He will never leave me. Even though life is hard, I face many struggles. My God promises that he will not forsake me. And then Nelda writes that note. Brian, sometimes in life, all we can say is Jesus. And he hears us as we call to him. I trust you are doing well in class and Bible study, etc. Brian, happy Easter week. Christ gave up his life that we may know or that we may have eternal life, though he never sinned. Signed New Life Church. And Nelda. Brian, we know that God will take care of us no matter where we are in our life's journey. New Life Church, Nelda Rose. Brian, you are around men all day. 
But sure, I'm sure you hear a lot of things that are not considered Sunday school words. May God help you think before you speak. And may your words be godly. Sign, New Life Church, Nelda Rose. Now, all of these are like a church bulletin or some picture or something that she sent and then added her notes. Uh, Brian, this is arriving late this week. Sort of been busy. Uh, some snap beans were given to us. In fact, it is 11. In fact, it is 11, 18 p.m. and my stove is still cooking. Praise God, he gives us victory every day. God bless New Life Church, Nail to Rose. And I say that to let you know it's not always easy. Right. It's not always convenient. To be consistent and to be faithful, sometimes you, you have to make it happen. Amen? Right. Brian, the Word of God says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Matthew eighteen twenty. I trust your Bible study time is also a time of prayer. Signed, New Life Church and Nelda Rose and some some of the things on the page prompted those words. Brian, hold fast to the Word of God. On the hardest days when you feel you have hit rock bottom, hold to the rock, Jesus. Brian, this saying can be true for a child all the way up until we die. Let your faith in God show daily. New Life Church, Nelda Rose. Never let a bad situation bring out the worst in you. Choose to stay positive and be the strong person that God created you to be. This is a whole book put together with Scott's tape that he had to trade and barter for in order to put all this together. This is what it meant to him. When we are talking today about women and being godly women and making a difference in lives, I couldn't help but use this as an illustration today of what a wonderful blessing that people can be. Now, Nelda probably did this every week and, and was so faithful and she enjoys doing things like this, as most of you know. But I can almost promise you, Nelda, you never knew what that meant on the other end to this guy. That he saved every one that you sent and has it in a book. And this is, uh, this is his first possession he wanted me to see when he walked out of prison. Nelda, I want to thank you for being a good example. Mm-hmm. You. you may want to look at that a little bit. Need a microphone. You, things like this make a difference. The point is all of us can do something. All of us can be involved in some way doing something that makes a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated just a moment, and I'm going to, to let Brian say something here. Um, Don't leave us, Mel. When I started getting these devotions in the mail, they meant a lot to me. And it got to, after the years, the months, the days, the weeks, um, they just inspired me so much that that these letters showed up every single Wednesday. Every single Wednesday evening is when this letter showed up. 
And I decided to have a Bible study in my cell every Wednesday night. And what we did is when we got together in my cell Wednesday night, we would open up that letter together and I would read it. And it gave not just myself, but other inmates inspiration and hope. I've had so many inmates tell me that I have such a great church and great friends because of that letter coming. Not many, I, we never seen any of that from any other churches to other inmates. Um, but I just want to let you know that it meant a lot to me. And, you know, I put that book together so that, it, because I learn something every day when I read that book. If there's something going through my mind that's negative, I can just open it up to any page. And just read what it says. And there's one that you sent me. I'll never forget. It was back in October of 2015. But it said some. It says sometimes it takes. Sometimes in the darkest skies is where we see the brightest stars. And that has stuck with me throughout my whole sentence. And it's just kept me positive And it's kept my faith with God. A lot of negativity was in prison. But I did not let that take over my faith in God. And I just want to give you this card to show you my appreciation for you taking the time to do that for me. And I'm just glad to be back. Thank you, you Brian. Thank you, Neil. You may stand. You may stand with us if you'd like. Let me read it one more time. Women are a blessing from above. Women are a reflection of God's love. Blessed is the woman who walks with God. Christian women make a difference. Godly women are a treasure beyond measure. And God bless the world with special women like you and we're thankful for all of you new life church is blessed and we're so appreciative for that now as we end the service today we've acknowledged the fact that there is a time in our lives when we are away from god for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god i've said many times none of us would want a video of our lives shown on the screen in church that told everything we had done and everywhere we had been, we wouldn't want that. But the blood of Jesus washes all that away. Amen. Whether you're male or female, the blood of Jesus washes that away. There is forgiveness. But then there is uh, there is more to being forgiven than just praying a prayer. The Lord wants us to commit to him. Amen. He wants us to be godly women and godly men. So as we close this service today, we're going to sing a song that expresses that. Anybody here today who desires prayer, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're welcome to come and bow right now and do that. If you, if you need to pray about something in your life, if you, if you don't know what you could do to make a difference, kind of like what we've illustrated with Nelda today, I'll promise you there is some way, somehow, 
that you could find your niche and make a big difference in people's lives. Amen. So let's kind of commit to that as we sing this together. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Today, give God a hand clap of praise. I think the pastor's message was so timely today. Um, I think that if we went around this room, each and every one of us, more of us than not, would say that we stand here today because a godly woman prayed for us. Be that a mother, a spiritual mother, a spiritual grandmother. I sat there and reflected not only of my own mother, but of folks that as growing up in the church that I know prayed for me. And I can guarantee you they are the reason that I am here today and that I know that heaven will be my home one day. So I am thankful for godly women. Each and every one of you, thank you for all you do. Bow your heads as we pray today. Father, thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this time of fellowship and worship that we've had. Lord, we thank you for the words, God, that you brought forth today through Pastor Ron. Lord, I pray as we go our separate ways, Lord, that we would lift up those around us, Lord, that need you. Lord, that we would lift up those around us, Father, that have burdens. And, Father, that we would worship you each and every day as our walk. God, bring us back at our next appointed hour safely, Father, and be with us, Lord. And, Lord, Lord, above all today, God, thank you for godly women. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise, for it's in your name we ask these things. Amen.